It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white knuckle racing just across the river. 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Today's show, we're going to recap the race at Richmond, talk about the results, a couple of headlines, including the High Limits series owned and uh, operated by Kyle Larson and uh, Casey Kane's the other one involved in that, right, Dirk? What's that? Casey Kane's the other one involved in the High Limits series. Or Brad uh, I Sweet. believe Brad Sweet. Brad Sweet, that's who it is. Casey Kane, yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, we'll talk about the drivers that have been announced to compete full-time for the, uh, 2023 championship, which I think loosely guarantees, or at least gives you a pretty good idea of who's going to be at Eagle raceway on Tuesday. I think that's June 6th. Uh, yeah. Tuesday, June 6th for the high limit series at Eagle raceway. We'll talk more about that and, uh, so much more plus turn number two, we're going to sit down with the Duke Tyler Drukey to talk about his 2022 and plans for 2023. Uh, let's start off with kind of the shocking news out of Speedway Motors. They have announced that they have um, decided to disband the EMI team members and the Eagle chassis system. So EMI chassis, Eagle chassis, I've been told is essentially the same thing. All ran out of the uh, Speedway Motors banner, and unfortunately they have decided to shut that operation down. Uh, effective, I believe, immediately. So um, that's going to be a chassis manufacturer in the Midwest that is no longer uh, servicing drivers, and it means a couple of jobs. I don't know if those dri- if those uh, those chassis builders lost their jobs or Speedway Motors just moved them to different positions within the company or what. But uh, I always hate hearing that stuff. That's what the release said was basically because it was only uh, I want to say I, I don't. I think they said less than a dozen employees affected. Mm-hmm. Speedway's mm-hmm. big enough. It sounded like they were just going to absorb them. Yeah. You know, uh, they've got enough other departments. I mean, welders and fabricators go to making A-frames and, you know, chassis kits and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm sure everybody will get sucked up in the company. The company's big enough to absorb a dozen people. Yeah, you would definitely hope so. And uh, I, I'm reading it as they said a handful of employees. With this decision, a handful of employees will be affected. Please rest assured that no other changes are slated to be made at this time. Which so, just, it just, you know, it's just plain and simple. The department wasn't making any money. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, it's not a decision that Speedway's like, well, you know, we're kind of tired of building these chassis, making a bunch of money off them, but we're getting a little tired of it. Like they were losing, they've probably been losing money for a little while. And finally, they're like, we're just not gaining any ground. We've tried different things. It's not working. We just got to, we just got to cut it loose. And so that's the end of EMI Eagle chassis. It was the same thing that uh, Carl Moyer talked to us about. It's been several years ago. Yeah. You know, but he was running his place and he'd run it two years without making a nickel. And he says, my accounts are telling me I can't stay alive this way. So. Yeah. And wasn't, know. wasn't his a little bit of, they were trying to get approved for something else. And the bankers basically said, if you, you want us to approve this venture, you got to stop losing money over there. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to buy, they were buying the dealership in Stewart. Yeah, okay. 
that's what he was doing at the time. And, uh, I mean, kind of the strange part is, uh, the, uh, performance building up there. I've driven by it and it's still got, you know, Carl's name on the front of it. Hmm. Um, I think they just literally, I don't know if they actually sold it and somebody kept their name or if they just closed it down and, um, what do I want to say? Uh, I don't know, uh, rebuilt the business, you know, cause remember he had told us he'd put in an upholstery shop and all kinds of stuff. You yeah. Know, there was a lot of things he was doing in there. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you could basically build the whole car. Yeah. You know, it was like a gas monkey TV show over there, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but somebody told me, yeah, it's not that way anymore. It's, uh, um, you know, it's not a, a one-stop shop now. Very streamlined. I don't know if they streamlined it. I mean, it started out as uh, just a chassis, mm-hmm. Billy Moyer's Victory chassis, and uh, like I said, then they got into street rods, and then you know, drag. Well, I think they went drag racing, then street rods, and you know, and just kept going. And I can't remember the business they bought. They bought another business that was based out of Des Moines. That was basically a parts house. Was it Day Performance? Was that the one they bought? It's not um, ringing a bell. But uh, that might actually been kind of before your time when all that was taking place. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, he like I said, he kind of went, you know, balls to the wall, so to speak, and, and did a lot of stuff and then, you know, ended up kind of overextending himself and had to cut her back down is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. But no, Speedway will be fine. Um, and, and they did mention in that press release that parts and pieces will still be available through SpeedwayMotors.com. So uh, those running a Speedway chassis, um, or uh, sorry, not Speedway chassis, an EMI chassis or an Eagle chassis should still be able to get support for it and parts and pieces for the time being. So I, I don't think anybody that has an EMI chassis in the 2023 season is going to be in, in, in trouble but they should probably start looking for a new chassis in 2024. Well, and a lot of your top guys are doing a new chassis every year. So yeah, that's not going to be that big a deal. And uh, like I said, they've still got their fab shop and all that stuff going on. So, you know, they're making parts for all kinds of stuff. I know they make different parts that'll fit on other sprint cars too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like they make modified a-frames and everything that'll fit on any modified in the country so yeah i i should have done the legwork a little bit in fact that excuse me i probably can as we're we're sitting here talking uh just how many emi chassis were out there because i've i could probably pull the race saver nationals information and be able to look up real quick i remember maybe i want to just say about probably five or six of the hundred or so people that came out to the 2022 race saver nationals um, were EMI chassis. It, it certainly wasn't a lot. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you know, uh, if it was a lot, they'd have probably been making money and wouldn't be close. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. Math is always pretty simple. Well, sure to you. Yeah, follow the money. <laughs> you know, you're not doing the math. Follow the money. The business is closing because they're not making money. Exactly. All right, moving on. US 30 uh, announced their breast cancer awareness. It's pink out in the grandstands. It's not for uh, about a month and a half. 
Thursday, May 18th, they're going to be doing their breast cancer awareness races. And this is to benefit Janelle, uh, the mother of us 30 Bobby Lincoln's wife and, um, his, uh, and, and then the, the daughters too, that are all a family operation there, but looks like they're going to be doing uh topless modifieds and sport modifieds. And then, um, all the proceeds are going to go to the local Columbus Cancer Care Foundation. So uh, I know Janelle was diagnosed with uh, cancer. Was that end of last year or early this year? I think it was in the fall sometime last yeah. year. Seems like it was a little bit farther away than January. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think it was before Christmas even, you know, so. They're doing their part to step up and try to help out. There'll be 50-50 raffles. Um silent auctions lots of great information lots of great things going on so hopefully uh, you guys can get over there and support us 30 in columbus on thursday may 18th you should support them every week but um circle this one and, and do it in pink so that way uh, you can remember to bring your pink out shirts and support breast cancer awareness looks like uh 18 for admission and uh it's also going to feature their imca stock cars and hobby stocks that night. So it looks like four classes. Yeah, four classes that I'm seeing. Modifieds and sport mods are going to be topless, and then stock cars and hobby stocks to accent. So that's going on at US 30. You What date was that again? May 18th. Is that a regular race night? I believe so. Okay. So then it'll be a points night and everything else. So. Mm-hmm. Dirk, you'd uh, shared out a post about Boyd Speedway, and I believe, is that in Virginia or Georgia? I did not look up where that was at. Looks like it is but, in Georgia. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't look actually, up was it was in Georgia. Correct. We're, Riley Hickman Racing shared a post that said it's been a rough few days. Before this has come out, Boyd Speedway has been sold to partners Brown Brothers Incorporated. And with that being said, the operations for 2023 season are going to be suspended indefinitely. They've exhausted all efforts to keep the place a racetrack, but uh, not reading it word for word uh, doesn't sound like that's going to be an option and uh, they're going to be shutting down operations. Well, they have decided to shut down operations. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> I don't remember what there was a picture of a sign there for B&B and I don't remember if it was construction or what they did. Earth moving contractors. Okay, earth moving contractors. All right. So it's probably going to be some type of a storage yard or parking lot or whatever for earth moving equipment, is my guess. Yep. Man, that sucks. Unless it, they bought it to develop it into something else. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know its location. Might be in a prime spot down there. And, you know, I 80 was in a pretty prime spot. So. Yeah, I-80 was definitely, I, I don't know if I would call it prime, but it's it's not too far away. Well, no, you, you're probably right, because I remember we had talked about if if I was a shipping company, I would take a look at I-80 Speedway pretty hard, because that was a lot of nice land right off the interstate, and you could, uh, you could definitely facilitate east and west shipping pretty effectively. Oh, yeah, and between the middle of Omaha and Lincoln, yeah, you mm -hmm. bet. That, that was a prime spot. Yeah, it kind of looks like it's in an industrial area. There's a food city just around the corner from it, uh, a couple of hotels. It's right next to an, uh, Highway 41 and then uh, across some uh, some water, a little bit of a lake and a river. There's uh, Interstate 75. 
So it's pretty centrally located. It looks like it's going to have pretty ac- e- easy and quick access to, to be able to ship stuff. Uh, speaking about that Boyd Speedway, but uh, talking more locally about IED Speedway, have you seen the pictures that people have been posting about uh, she, she pretty much gone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I lived through it for sunset. So I'm yeah, I, I kind of want to ask you about that, too, because, I mean, this is the first time I've experienced this to where we went from the speculation in 2021 that the track was being sold and the Kaziski saying it's not sold. It's not sold. We're still racing. Calm down to them making the announcement in 2022 at the awards banquet and then running the entire season. And everyone kind of just saying, ah, it's not true. They're just, they're just positioning themselves. They're just, they're negotiating. And then all of a sudden it was, this is our last race. (laughs) This is it. Enjoy it. And, and now that the auction happened and the land is being worked and the, the track's gone. I mean, I, think there might be some walls up according to what i was trying to see with tyler drukey's post but um was it kind of the same thing with speedway with uh with with sunset where it it feels to me with iad speedway there was a lot of disbelief and people just not actually coming to the realization that the track is gone was it that way with sunset no it was uh basically announced at the beginning of a season that this is our last year and you know Craig just said, with with the way the city was expanding out in that direction and the Deer Creek development and stuff, I know several times there towards the late 90s, um, I'd heard there were bomb threats called in and all kinds of stuff, just because the people with all the money that were moving into those million-dollar homes at Deer Creek, and this is a million-dollar home 20 years ago, mind you, 25 years ago. Yeah. You know, Um and the golf course were being developed and everything else. Uh, the wind was out of the north. They had all kinds of dirt blowing into the, you know, into the neighborhoods and onto the golf course. And of course, for four or five hours on a Sunday night, it was rather noisy. I mean, when I was a kid and my mom and dad bought the house over by Emanuel Hospital, I could sit out on Sunday night on the front porch and listen to the cars. So, you know, yep. that noise will travel a long way. But uh, nope, it was just basically one announcement, and you know that was that. Uh, and I just pulled up Tyler Drukey's post, and it, it looks like the catch fence is gone. A couple of the billboards are there. I actually saw a video of uh, one of the grandstands being transported down the road. Um, a lot of the um, concrete barriers in the parking area, uh, more back towards where the. Um, kind of the overflow parking was not in the main parking area down there right next to the entrance, but a little bit farther back when you first come into the racetrack that those barriers are still there. I'm seeing a lot of the buildings are gone though. Yeah. That might be the same one I saw. I saw the catch fence was gone, but a lot of the poles were still there. Yeah. I'm seeing one light pole in this picture. I'm talking about poles for the catch fence. Oh, Oh, no, they're uh, as far as I can see in this picture with Tyler, they're gone. And the walls on the racetrack are gone, too, although the dirt is still there. Okay, well, that must be a different post than that I saw. Yeah, uh, there's probably daily progression on this, but yeah, it's just really rough to see it. Uh, A lot of people having a tough time kind of dealing with that. And it's uh, had the great opportunity last Sunday night to uh, to get together with the IED family one last time and 
have dinner at Cascio's and just kind of catch up. And uh, it was uh, it, it was uh, it was a great night. And Joe had some great words to say. And uh, I know the family is is uh, they're excited about not dealing with the racetrack on a daily basis. But uh, I think they're all starting to miss it a little bit, too. Well, with the, I don't know if you want to say two touring series or three, because, I mean, SLMR is east and west, but now the, the 360 series as well. They're going to have their hands full. So Oh, yeah, definitely. It's Well, that was like, kind of like you and I were joking about with, with Joe. He talked to us about four years ago and said, you know, I got to start slowing down. I'm having uh, health issues and, you know, just got to calm down. And then he goes and buys the Deary Brothers series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depending on if he hired all the people that were working it, which I don't think he did. I'm not positive. But I know there's, you know, a lot of the, the West guys that are working East races and stuff like that. So I don't think he hired everybody that was involved with Deary Brothers. And maybe they didn't want to work for Joe. I don't know, you know, what the situation was. But, uh, yeah, if it was something that you just buy at turnkey and you just sit back and, you know, collect a little bit of money, yeah, you know, that's one thing. But if you're, you know, having to be at all these races along with all the West races and everything else, you know. Well, you know, they're very hands-on. It, it seems like, um, you know, uh, it was Joe and Lisa that was kind of the SLMR series was kind of their baby. Steve helped out a lot, and, and there's a lot of employees that help out with it that also crossed over a little bit with the racetrack with um, uh, Larry White doing some of the flagging for several years. And I know Tim Hansen was doing some of the teching along with, Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Rick Holland. Thank you. Uh, Rick was the main tech official. So there was a lot of crossover between the racetrack and the West series. And then when they brought in the East series, I think a lot of those people just came over and kind of filled in the roles too. But, uh, Eddie Kaziski is actually the one that started the SLMR. Are you sure he started the SLMR? I thought he just started the Silver Dollar Nationals. Uh, he's the one that brought in uh, uh, Sport Compacts. Yeah. That was his baby. And, uh, yeah, I was told the SLMR was his deal, too. So oh. I don't and, doubt that because, I, I mean, Eddie did a lot of really cool things you know, uh, early on in the ownership. Well, it's, you know, obviously a lot of work and Joe and, and Lisa and, and whoever's involved in the SLMR series got a lot to deal with. And, and now they've kind of taken on the Nebraska three, excuse me. Well, they've taken on the Nebraska 360 series and relabeled it the Malvern Bank 360 series. Thanks to Malvern Bank stepping in and, and paying for that stuff, but uh, at least paying the major majority of the purse. But um, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're slowing down a little bit, not much because what I 80 race 30 some nights a year on the schedule, 32, 33 nights a year. Give or take. And, and the Malvern bank East and West series is somewhere around 40, 45 races. I think Anthony told me. And, oh, and West. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now the Malvern bank sprint car <laughs> series is another 12. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he gave up, 15 race nights? Well, no, he gave up uh, whatever the I-80 schedule to the Malvern Bank schedule. The other schedule he's done the last couple of years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, you know, he, he gave up about 35 races to, to 12 to 15. 
So he's given up 20 to 23 nights. Yeah. But anyways. But there's no track prep on any of those races. Yeah. Yeah. He has no track prep at all. No concession stands to worry about. None of that stuff. No no parking to worry about. No reserve signs to put out. No. Yeah. It's to show up to a racetrack and run a series to me seems a lot easier than running a racetrack, but I I've never ran either of them. So I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100 times easier than running a racetrack. No doubt about it. All right. Let's talk about Richmond. Um, I took Kyle Bush and that's probably the reason why he finished right around 12th, thir- uh, 14th, excuse me. Um, um, it's he- hard to tell what, when there was no practice, it's hard to tell what anybody had. It really is. I thought he was good at Richmond, and I figured, hey, you know, he's starting second, so that's probably kind of indicative. He's been a, he's been pretty good lately, good top fives, good top tens. I thought it was a solid pick, but no. I told wow. Sean Glasscock when, we, when I was going to uh, drop his laptop back off at him on Sunday, he said, I'm just getting my pick in, and I said, well, don't take Kyle Bush because I took him, and he's going to screw it up, and. I mean, 14th ain't bad, but. Yeah, no, I, you had no practice. You had the new downforce package. You know, you could throw the stats out the window. Yeah. Plain and simple. But when it came down to it, Denny Hamlin's always been good at Richmond, and he was good at Richmond until, I mean, he got a, a speeding penalty early in the race. And then the pit stop at the end where the, his crew just jacked everything up. You know, and the, the mm-hmm. best video I saw of the whole thing was when they showed Michael Jordan sitting up on the box. And he's got sunglasses on, but I know damn well he rolled his eyes a half dozen times. And he kind of pursed his lips a little bit. And, uh, you know, Michael wasn't happy because he came in first and, and went out like 18th. They had problems on the right side. The jack man was already around to the front and almost to the other side of the car. And he had to go all the way back around. Evidently the uh, right front tire didn't get tight. Mm. So they had to jack the car back up and then he had to hit it with the gun again and then come back around. I mean, that just killed the pit stop. Yeah. But Hamlin at that point was the fastest car without a doubt. Um, The Toyotas were strong. Martin Truex was up there. Christopher Bell was up there. Uh, Kyle Larson Got an adjustment right, had a great pit stop at the end, and you know that's how he got in the front. But clean air was another thing; it was big again. So, mm-hmm. second in stage two, eighth, or excuse me, second in stage one, eighth in stage two, ended up winning on the day, fifty-two points on the day, and he was the big points hitter. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about Josh Berry. Uh, I, did I see that he got spun or spun early, but was able to recover and and come home with a second place finish? Yeah, he was on the bottom. I think it was coming out of four, and he just got loose and, and looped it, and uh, um, did a deal where he stayed out on the track. Uh, he was on a different pit cycle as everybody else, so you know some yellows fell, and there was three or four cars that were out there. Yeah, and Martin Truex, I think, at the end tried a two-tire stop and. He kind of dropped like a stone. Fell to 11th at the end. Um, I had taken Alex Bowman. Oh. He uh, led the first 10 or 12 laps or something and then just 
he would he was very fast on it. You know, if they if he'd have been on the front with a green white checker, it was kiss him goodbye. Mm-hmm. But uh, he got you know ten laps into a seventy lap run, and you know he was just a steady drop. He was two tenths off a lap, and I don't know where he finished in the first stage, um, fifth, sixth, something like that. Seventh, seventh, and again in the middle like that for the second stage, I think. Uh, seventh again. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, right there in the same spot twice. And what did he end up on the race? Eighth or ninth? Eighth. So that's where he was. He was in seventh, eighth place car. You know, yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy to figure that one out. Uh, you are currently sitting second in the fantasy points. Yeah. How the hell does that happen? Well, it helped you get your damn points back. I went from forties to thinking maybe I got a shot at this. To now I'm back in the 70s. God <laughs> damn it. Because <laughs> I get my my appeal is gonna get heard this week. I, I took Denny Hamlin at that race. And he what he lose 50 points or 25 points? 25, I think. I think the fine was 50 grand. Right. Yeah, it ain't gonna matter. <laughs> 25 yeah, points I... isn't 25 points is gonna get me back into the top 60. Well, you, you're not gonna get them back. That that thing ain't going nowhere. I don't think so either. He was dumb enough to admit that he did it on his podcast. Yeah, yeah, that was that was stupid. And then he even waited. He wasn't even going to appeal it. But I don't know if Michael Jordan put a bug in his ear or one of the sponsors. Somebody said you got to appeal this. At least make it look like you freaking care. Yeah, you know. Well, uh, Michael Jordan doesn't care because that was a penalty against the eleven car Joe Gibbs. I I I would bet it was somebody at JGR that got him. Said, hey, you dumbass, don't go on a podcast and admit you did it. You can't do that these days. And just give it a shot. Take an appeal. We'll come up with some sort of reason to why and and use some past history as precedents and see if we can get the penalty reduced. Yeah, but he's still got a lot of uh a lot of hats he's wearing over at the other place. So I oh, wouldn't sure. be surprised if it was one of those sponsors or Michael Jordan that told him he's appealing. You know, it might be JGR, but I, I'm thinking he's got a lot more at stake on the other side now. So, all right, you know, let's a, a big hat to wear. Kyle Larson, like you talked about, ended up getting the win. Josh Berry filling in for Chase Elliott, ended up coming home second. And the number nine car, Ross Chastain, third. Christopher Bell, fourth. And Kevin Harvick, fifth. Michael McDowell, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, Ty Gibbs, and Brad Keselowski round out your top 10. Uh, bad days. I'm not really seeing a lot of the typical playoff contenders or should be up in the top 20s sitting outside the top 20. So uh, we'll kind of skip that just a little bit. And instead, I wanted to talk about, did you see Christopher Bell's post-race comments? No, I did not. But I'm guessing he probably said something about dumping William Byron. Uh, he blamed it on uh, Ross Chastain. Uh, well, he didn't blame it on Ross specifically. He just said, uh, the wrecking ball did it again. And they, the reporters asked him to, re, to uh, clarify. And he said, you know, the wrecking ball, the one car. And then when they went and talked to Ross, Ross just kind of said, okay, he can think what he wants to, but I was going for position. I was on the inside and he didn't touch the 20. That's exactly what he said. But uh, Christopher Bell know. believes that he should not have gone three wide at that time. And because of that, Christopher Bell got into, um, William Byron, his uh, not teammate, excuse me. 
Christopher Bell drifted up. They showed the overhead shot of it, whether it was a drone or a helicopter or what. But Ross came was coming through on the bottom, and Christopher Bell was in the middle, mm-hmm. and he just lost it. He just drifted up. You know, the the, the nose went out. Yeah, and that's how he got into Byron. Had not the Ross was not even, nowhere near him. But again, <laughs> with this low downforce package that they were all racing for the first time. You know, those things are going to happen. And, yeah. you know, William Byron was upset about it, but he wasn't upset about it. You know, he, uh, you know, he was kind of pissed off that it happened, but he wasn't saying, you know, uh, he wasn't blaming anybody. He says, well, he kind of got into me there. And, you know, that's that. It was a racing deal. But whether he'll have some retaliation in the next several races, who knows? But, we will wait. Uh, we will wait and see. Um, that's going to do a force in turn number one. Uh, I don't think there's anything else to talk about. You got anything else? Um, hmm, not right off the top of my head. No. Oh, I did want to, uh, talk about Eagle a little bit. Uh, stand by. We have, so we got about five, just under five minutes left. Go ahead. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Eagle. I was curious. Uh, I didn't go over to their website or anything. I saw. You know, Jesse Sobbing posted results that he picked up a win. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I saw a few names like Corey Beckstrom up. I think he ran sixth in the race. So that's a pretty good effort out of his team and, and stuff like that. But I, I didn't see anything on car counts out of, out of anything except I saw somebody ran a C feature in the in the sport mods. So I yeah. know there were a lot of cars there for sport mods. Uh, yeah, I, I actually was a little bit disappointed with the car count. Uh it it was a it was fine. I kind of was expecting the fact that it was the first real race around here. Uh, there's been races that you could travel to a couple hours away, but in the Midwest, in the Nebraska Iowa area, it's, it was the first race. Uh, it was featuring Bragginright late. Excuse me, it was featuring IMCA late models. I'm I'm gonna have a tough time doing that. I'm I'm I've been trained to call them Bragginright late models for the last six years. So, um, but uh, uh, there was. No B feature in the modifieds and late models, and there was a C feature in the sport mods. I think I counted, <coughs> I want to say 39, but that's definitely not right for the sport mods. Maybe it is right. Maybe that was 39 cars. Well, I was going to say if they ran a C feature, probably 35 to 40 cars. Yeah. So 39 might be right. But if they didn't run a, a B feature in either of the other classes, I'm going to say at the most 22 or 23 cars. Uh, not even because everybody made it in for both. Well, I've, I've just been to a lot of specials like that. And if they're supposed to start 20 in the feature, but they've got 22, they'll just throw them on the track. Yeah, I, I don't think they did. They didn't have. So they didn't even have the full the full complement of 20 for either of the other classes. No. Okay. Okay. Well. So I'm just struggling with this cat were fostering she has to sit on my lap but she's all tangled around my headphones all right i think it was good racing i've seen a lot of conversation on facebook today about the whole in turn one and i'm just going to preference this with the guy i'm the guy sitting in the announcer's booth i know that there was a there was a little bit of character going into turn number one but the fact that two guys rolled well one guy rolled in turn two possibly because of what the the, the whole in turn number one but one of the two, the, the other guy had nothing to do with that. So it, it couldn't have been the hole in one. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. 
somebody said that you could bury a body in it. I think that's complete BS. You couldn't, if it was that deep, I'd be able to see it from the announcer's booth. And you, it, it wasn't that deep. It, it was there. It happens. Dirk, I'm sure you've heard about the hole in turn one. Oh, it's quite famous. It's, it's just the way the track is the, the underground. I've heard there's an underground spring down there. So this, the ground gets unnaturally soft. Um, I tend to blame it a little bit more on the modifieds because whenever we want to run a race that the modifieds aren't there, the hole doesn't show up. And I can watch it every single night when those modifieds take the green flag, come back around at full speed, hit turn number one. You're watching chunks the size of a baby go flying into the pits. And that's because the frame rails digging into the ground. But again, it's also uh, early in this in the year like this. Holes tend to develop in one and three. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because that's the breaking points. That's where the pressure that's you go around the streets, of Omaha. That's what drives the asphalt they put down out of the damn hole is, you know, uh yeah. usually breaking on the car. I think it was a good day. It was it was a good first appearance. Hopefully, when the late models come back in a couple of weeks, there'll be a few more. That's gonna do a force in turn number one. Tyler Jerky just around the corner on the front stretch. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. We're going to turn number two presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. We are uh, sitting down with Tyler Drukey, driver of the number 12 sprint car throughout the area, sometimes a 360, sometimes a 305, sometimes a 410. Yeah, we got one of everything, I think. So. <laughs> no sense in limiting your options on a Friday and Saturday night. There's a lot of options in uh, 2023 <laughs> if you had all three motors, so yeah, uh, yeah. you can go do a lot of racing. It's it. Uh, uh, get back to Quaker Sacred Lube. We're at day number two for us, final day of the World of Wheels Car Show, and uh, boy, I was leaning on Sarah hard last night to go to Quaker Sacred Lube. <laughs> I ended up smoking some chicken thighs instead, which uh, paid turned out to be really really good. But next time I do that, I'm gonna go get some of those individual sauces that you could buy up at the front desk at Quaker Steak and Lube and maybe kind of sauce mine up just a little bit. Just a little bit. Mm, mm, mm. Quaker Steak and Lube at Council Bluffs. Classic car cruising going to be kicking off very shortly if it hasn't yet. 
Uh, make sure you get down to Quaker Steak and Lube Thursday nights all throughout, throughout the summer, weather permitting. Parking lot full of the same kind of classic cars you're going to see at the O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels Car Shows. Uh, we started talking with Tyler Drucke just a little bit. Uh, Tyler, it, it, is it me or does it kind of seem like after a few years of um, adequate amount of races, there seems to be quite a bit of options coming to the Midwest for uh, sprint car racing? There's a lot. Um, that With Houston's coming back, that added another 20 or so 305 and 410 races that you could attend. Um, Denison picking up the 305s on Friday nights helps a lot too. Adds mm-hmm. another, I don't know, 15 to 20 races. Um, so you, it doesn't take long. A couple tracks pick up the sprint cars, and you get a lot of options, and you can do a lot of racing if you want to. Well, it also sounds like you guys are past the point of the limited tire deal. Sounds like tires are going to be available this year. Um, I hope so. I actually, I tried calling lighting on Friday, and I think they were closed. And they probably went to a race somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, or, or they were up here at the auto show. <laughs> they might have been. Uh, but uh, no, I, I hope so. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of frugal when it comes to spending money on tires, especially with uh, the 305 car. They just, they don't. My opinion, it doesn't seem like new tires benefit you a whole lot. I had. Uh, we had we always joke we had one tire that won the race saver nationals it won uh the next year won two races at the beginning of the year i think we added it up that one tire won like seventy eight hundred dollars so for a race saver car very very good don't tell who's your that we didn't well we saved that tire it's still intact and it sits in the corner of the shop so we yeah. i'll i gotta find some way to frame it or you something over and rub it or something yeah yep. yep so that's that's our one special tire then we had another another set of tires like we'd literally show up okay eat you know run an eagle a couple years ago we're gonna put these two tires on for the heat race take them off put the same two tires on we did this four weeks in a row and it was three wins in a second hmm. with those same four tires yeah so so the same tire ran the heat races and then the, a different tire ran the features correct nice. yeah so I, I just my opinion they just they don't you don't need to spend money on new tires every time the car hits the track yeah. with the 305 deal the 410 deal um last year my approach to that was if we were in a good position by all means we'll put a new tire on make sure we give ourselves the best chance to have a good run but um, you get humbled a lot when you go to Knoxville. It doesn't take very long. So, um, yeah, I, I was pretty frugal over there too. I just yeah, didn't see the point in spending three hundred dollars on a right rear to start eighteenth, yeah. and we were struggling to find a balance. So it just yeah. it wasn't gonna the no. math didn't work out. Is there anything to it that it, it, you you're trying to find that speed in the car? But would the tire be holding you back from being able to find that, to be able to find the right setup? I actually think once you have your car right, it's much easier on tires. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. you got to have your car right. Um, uh, we track, I've mentioned this before, we track tire temperatures. Um, but now that we've gotten our car, we think, pretty close to where it, we, we pretty much know where we need to be. And we just use the tire temperatures to confirm what we already know. And just to make sure we stay on track so but there for a while there we were using tire temperatures to really hone in on our balance and and it seemed to work for us so yeah oh yeah when you got you know a, a 10 degree spread across the tire as opposed to a 60 degree spread across the tire <laughs> yeah yeah you know where you're going and and, and the, if you just use tire temperatures exclusively i mean they can kind of lead you down the wrong direction too you know you could 
you could either overload it or not have enough on it, and, and it'll it'll spike the temperature. So well, yeah, they're into a fine tuning point. You know, it's, it's the same with the tire pressures, but yep. but still, it's a very good indicator. And and when you're just starting out, you can do that with your hand. You can reach in and you can grab the inside of the tire, and it's ice cold, and the outside you can't touch. Yep. You know. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot of the where I, I'm gaining that from is you know occasionally Fox will have some good points when they're talking about uh, contact patch in when, the corners when they you let know, Larry talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and talking about July. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's funny because you'll watch these cars as maybe they come off pit road and it's right there on the edge of the of the tire, but when they're going through the corner, the load's pushing it down and it's getting the maximum amount of. Of, of patch or the patch is touching the, the thank you the contact to the to the road to the track and then you know when you see them come off the track they do a pit stop and they're looking at the tire wear and maybe that inside groove maybe two or three inches of it isn't even Ports. worn out very well or, or, or maybe it's, it's too much yeah it, there, there's yep. so much that you glean from that that just that tire wear is is incredibly important to pay attention to well, my there, first time in the cup garage I was literally in the garage during a practice, and I was walking through, and I was watching what guys were changing and whatnot. But I started noticing the cars driving down to get into their garage stall, and you could see the camera and everything on the car. But they'd be picking up the dust that was in the garage area, just dirt, not marbles off the track or anything. But you got this much tire, and only this much of it was picking up dust. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And it was just like, wow, look at how that baby's set yeah. up, you know. And then you'd see the next one that was fast, and it had like half the tire. You know, well, they need more tire on the ground on that guy. Yeah, know? and then, like, uh, so dirt racing, it's a little harder to get that particular about oh, yeah. it with the camber and stuff. But um, when the track rubbers up, a, a well-balanced car, it'll handle when it's slick. It'll handle when it rubbers up. It, it doesn't seem to lose speed either way. So you take a guy that's... Uh, Maybe his car is a little bit on the tight side. Um, when it when the rubber comes in, you know he might have been okay in the slick just because of the variable track conditions. But then when the rubber comes in, then the thing gets super tight and it pushes like a dump truck and he can't make the corner. And washes out of the rubber and gets passed. It's a pretty good indicator. The car was good in a certain tracks sense, but I guess we always strive to achieve balance. So I pin my opinion: uh, if you can achieve balance, you'll be good no matter what kind of racetrack is. And then. The better balanced car, the more minimal changes you got to make to adjust for the track conditions. Yeah. Last year, 2022, uh, obviously 2021, one of the most memorable finishes in Race Saver Nationals history. You had a great year at Eagle Raceway that year. Um, 2022 comes around, and the thought was, let's go play 360, 410 a little bit more. How do you feel like that paid off? Are you going to continue with that in 2023? Or are you going to come back to home a little bit more? Well, I actually sold my 360. Um, I knew I-80 was going to go away, and there was going to be a lot of places close to home to race it. So I actually sold my 360 to go the 410 route because we we're going to have to travel to virtually the same places to run it anyway. Yeah. Um, that and I was looking for a new challenge. It was the main thing. Um, we'd won the track championships. We'd won the touring series. We'd won weekly a features um you know is trying trying something you know like, i don't know my ego or whatever you want to call it I, you got to keep stretching to try and achieve more yeah. otherwise i feel like you're just stagnant so well that was a thought process to your point I, i've heard many people that i've i've talked about mike boston is a seven-time track champion at eagle raceway and and i am not 
dogging that at all. But I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, but how many track championships did he win anywhere else? Or how many races did he win anywhere else? And that's that, that's that's case by case basis. I mean, yeah. if that's if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I mean, there's, yeah. there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. I, so, so I, I think to your point though is like you you got ego figured out to where you, you know you could probably come back in three races, you'd probably pick up a feature win. <laughs> we pretty much embarrassed ourselves in the middle <laughs> part of the year when we come back. So, but uh, but to your point, yeah, just something it, different. It's not. I mean, the. No, it's fun to come back after you've been away for a little bit. Everybody's nice to you. You know, if, if you're there every week, you know, that's not the case. But Somebody uh, being Roger? <laughs> no, no, nice just, just everybody. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody says hi because they haven't seen you in a while. So, yeah. uh, and, and and that's fun. But then you go out and you pretty well embarrass yourselves because you had not been there. And, and you know, it, those guys are good too. I mean, don't just think it don't mean nothing because yeah. you go race somewhere else. Those guys are good at what they do every week. So if, if you don't stay on top of it, it took us until – the second night of the race saver nationals to feel like when we come we were there the week before the nationals then the friday night of the race saver nationals my opinion we lost that that we lost that weekend on friday night we our car wasn't good in the feature and we ran 10th and we got tangled up and got spun around and went to the back and came back to 10th and and we lost that race that night but on come sunday night um we started so far deep after after Saturday and one Saturday, I felt like we had a pretty good handle on the car. We were still a tick off, but come Sunday, I told the guys I thought if we were perfect, we could have a chance by the end of that deal. And we were getting close. Um, we needed. I think we were catching Carney there with mm-hmm. towards the end of the race, but started too far back. You can't give them guys a head start on you and, and expect to. You you got to be really really good to drive by them. And again, we were we were just a little too tight. Um, and the car came in with about 10 or 15 to go. I needed that to be with about 25 or 30 to go. And then then hopefully the track catch would a yellow. Yeah, yeah, catch some yellows at the right time. So I, I it just came was, in too late. I think there was maybe one or two cautions in that A feature. There was one with seven to go or something yeah. like that because we had, it was uh, Jake, John, a couple lap cars. Um, and then I was in fourth at that time. And we moved into third on the restart, and then got by the lap cars, and then we then we got to some yeah. open track, and we, I was catching John, but that was too little, too late. Uh, Jake was just unfairly it, fast that at the nationals. Nah, he was good. We were the yeah. same lap times as him in the race saver national or in the race saver uh, race of champions. Mm-hmm. We were the same lap times at the end of the race. They were just really good. I it took me to, again car coming too late. Yeah. So we got to well, find a way to get our car to be that fast at the beginning of the race and then maintain it throughout the whole race. Yeah. But because uh, uh, lap time wise, I mean, we were on par. It just we, we, we sacrificed two, three tenths at the start of the race to be that good at the end. We need to find a way to maintain that speed through the whole race. Do you like the race saver qualifying format or would you like to see a tweak of it? Leave it alone. Okay. I, I'm a leave it alone guy, too. I think that it's. Uh, it, uh, pe- some people have told me that we need time trials of the Race Saver Nationals, and I'll do anything in my power to not make that happen. I think time trials are the most boring thing you could ever do to dirt racing. Uh, I, I don't think they're – I personally don't think they're boring. but um, I don't. I love time trials. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's whatever you like, just like if you want to race the same place every year. Every, mm-hmm. you know, it's just whatever you like. But uh, don't ask the fast guys 
if they want to run time trials. That's not a good idea because they're going to say yes every yeah. time. Put me on the front row of the heat race. I'll win the heat race. We'll put the top four fastest cars in the front two rows of the feature, and yeah. they're going to run off. And they're not going to. They're all good, so they're not going to pass each other. Nothing's going to mix them up. So it's just going to be everybody, you know, this parade around and no passing and yeah. No, nah, it says the nationals. The 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 fast guys always end up at the front at the end of the weekend. Yep. Um, you got to be perfect. That's why I say yeah. we lost that race on Friday night. You know, we didn't lose it on Sunday because we weren't perfect on Friday, and those other two guys were, and they started on the front row, and that's all she wrote. Yeah. Yeah. See, you talk about putting the fast guys in the front of the heat off time trials. Back uh, with the old Bush All Star Tour and the late models, they ran two qualifying races or two heat races, so to speak. You might have. Uh, let's say you had 50 cars timed in. So now you're going to have 225 car qualifiers. The fast guys were inverted to the 10th row. Mm -hmm. So if you were the top qualifier, you, you were like in, in the first qualifying race and you started 20th. And you had to get in the top 10 to advance to the feature. So if you didn't get there, then you're running a, a yep. qualifier, a B feature, so to speak. But if you got into 10th, 9th, mm -hmm. whatever... You started in the front row. Yeah. You know, then, I kind of like that idea. So then they went to the feature. Yeah, you had to race in. Yeah. But, and these qualifying laps were features. They were like 25 laps. You know, so you had time to get that. conversation is exhausting. <laughs> everybody has a different opinion. Everybody wants something different. Just tell me where you want me to go yeah, and well, let's go race. Yeah. But, but NASCAR, again, that was a NASCAR series. NASCAR qualified. That yeah. was their deal. And if you want to qualify, there's, there's a class for it. It starts with four and it ends in a zero. <laughs> it's three and a half hours away, or it's four and a half hours north. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do it, go do it. And they run 360s over there. Yeah. You can do that too. They, and qualify over there. Three, they, they're well. It's not three or five. Pace, pro sprints. They qualify over there too. If you want to do it, there's places to go do it. We don't have to change everything to make oh, it that way. I'm, no, I, I'm I like I like the the format we have for the race saver nationals for your exact reason. You get you you have to be on your game all weekend long. You can't have, like in your sense, you can't have a bad day. The one, the thing that guys don't like is when the draw dictates. You know, you can, mm -hmm. some guys end up with an easier heat race than others, and some guys end up with four cars. Like, yeah. uh, so the year we won it, ironically, we had the track record holder <laughs> and the track champion and me all in the first three starting spots of the heat race. <laughs> we still won the dang thing by the end of the weekend, but you got to be good. And yeah. If you're good, you'll get what you deserve. Plans for 2023? You kind of talked a little bit about it. Uh, still going to do a little 305? Uh, probably going to see me a lot more. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try and run for the 305 National Championship. Everything is geared towards that. Um, that is the ultimate goal. Okay. So, we've Have we ever had a 305 National Champion yes. for Nebraska? Clint Benson. Yes. Okay. Clint Benson won it. Um, it's probably the second seven, year that seven, Eagle years had ago, him. Yeah. Like that. First or second year, the Eagle had him, and he went over to Des Moines and raced also. So mm -hmm. um, with that comes you got to make decisions on where you're going to go race because you only get 40 races, and and uh, I'm, I, I want to run where the cars are. you know. And then uh, still going to do 410 stuff. Um, that's somewhat in that I was about a year ahead of schedule on where I thought it was going to be with the 410 team. So um, just everybody kind of came together, and they – we haven't won the 305 national championship, so that's our that's our goal. That's what we want to win, um, and then we're still going to use this year as a development of the 410 deal. Uh, we're going to try some 
some different heads and stuff and different motor combination to see if we can find some more speed. Um, my little brother's done lots of homework uh, on the computer and whatnot this winter and learning learning how everything reacts and uh, got a few different people that have kind of helped us out and just talking through scenarios and stuff this winter. Um, so still going to run probably, I think I had like 24-10 races on the schedule, some at Husets, uh, high limits at Eagle for sure. Um, hoping to have the new motor combination to go to Lakeside. Um, I probably won't go to Knoxville much this year. Um, but that's why I want to make sure I can get to Lakeside. It'll be a big racetrack to yep. test the new motor combination. With the 40 races for the 305 National deal, is it just your first 40 or your best 40? It's your best 20 out of your first 40 starts. Out of your first 40 starts. Okay. So, um, like, I I see them guys going down to Texas, and now after what's transpired the last two weeks, I'm glad I didn't go. But, <laughs> uh, I was, man, I just started giving you the itch, you know, and like, we got to get going but at the same time i would have cost me if they would have ran them all they would have cost me four or five races down there that there's places around here i think we're pretty good at that to to win that national championship thing it looks like you need to be right around 10 12 wins and you need to have an average finish of like 1.8 or something like that and then you you need about 10 12 wins and some seconds you could sneak a third in there if you get more wins but as far as your top 20 finishes so that'll be that'll be awfully hard to do but um, we got some different ideas and hopefully we can be a little more dominant so where are you looking at attacking then are you gonna like denison eagle and denison eagle um there's four races at interstate speedway a little track up there at park jefferson um there's a couple at beatrice but those are going to conflict with denison uh i still have uh Cherney enterprises in belleville they that big belleville 305 race that we'd mm-hmm. like to go to um so in doing that we're gonna have to make some decisions throughout the summer because the ultimate goal is the national championship so there's a couple conflicts when it comes to that weekend then we'll have to make some decisions based on what's best for the ultimate goal and oh i guess i'll answer those questions when that comes around well <laughs> then, then you got to play the rain game Yep, that too. I mean, there's a couple dates I would love for it to rain at Eagle. That'd be great. <laughs> so. Nowhere else, just at Eagle. Just at Eagle. Yeah. Just I'll, at Eagle. I'll talk to Roger. We'll put a little too much water on the track that night. Yeah, or something. yeah. Just that we'll we'll put walk. a sprinkler system in. Just turn it on. <laughs> Let the water tank fall off the truck again. That again. was one of the most memorable <laughs> nights I was ever there. Did you? Was that <laughs> you that mentioned that to him? I was just talking to him. Oh, there was. There I was, was down tr- there the night he tipped it over because yeah. I brought my strap down. We tipped it back on. Well, the tank we one time at. fell off in turns one oh. and two, and it made a nice fishing hole. I'm trying know. to think of where we were at that he was just talking about that. But we were uh, probably at the banquet or something, maybe. But no, it's it's been within the last couple of weeks. I think I, we ran into him and him and his wife uh, uh, a week or two ago. But anyways, I, I went that night and never even got a lap on the track. You know, yeah. there was nothing they could do at that point. And uh, I don't know. That had to be 10 or 12 years ago. You it's know? been a while. Yeah. And uh, it was like two weeks later was like Father's Day or something. And uh, I went down for that night, and I think they got one heat in, and it rained. Mm. So I saw Roger up at 90th and Fort at Hong Hing, Chinese buffet that I used to eat at all the time that recently mm-hmm. closed. But Roger and Michelle are in there. <laughs> Roger come over. I was with my mom. 
And he come over and he throws a $20 bill. He goes, I'll buy your dinner tonight. Just don't come back to my track. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking with Tyler Drukey, driver the number 12, uh, 305 and 410. Let's see. What else we got to talk about? Um, how's the wheel industry business going? Uh, it, good. Uh, we're still selling Valco wheels. Uh, if anybody needs new wheels coming up for next season, um, it's just or during the season or during the season yeah <laughs> yeah so uh it, it's given me the ability to try a few different things just knowing the, the inner workings of it it's a lot of, i just call them i have wheels if i want to change offsets and stuff mm -hmm. like that so selfishly for myself it's been a good deal for helping our brace program but um more than willing to share whatever info i can with anybody if, if uh, they want to become valco wheels customer biggest they they rectified their wheel center problem that we've had in the past. That was several years ago now, mm -hmm. but um, we've been on the same wheel centers for the last three or four years now, and so that's in good shape. Um, the best feature about the wheels for me is the the rolled lip on them. So Eagle's pretty physical sometimes. So uh, is it? Yeah, every once in a while you bang wheels a little bit. Well, the Valcos they they have a rolled lip, so it just glances off, and then it seems to make the wheel the outer lip stronger. So that way they don't crush like a pop can, and, yeah. and then then you got to buy a new half. But um, I'm kind of frugal, so if any if you like to buy halves like I do, because <laughs> I don't like to buy a whole new wheel, I'll just buy a half and fix it and go on. So we can do that too. Yeah. So are you rubbing wheels or rubbing the wall? It could be either one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Either one. They seem to hold up. <laughs> I bet John Carney's wishing he didn't have you didn't have a roll wheel. <laughs> I had another manufacturer's hub on that night. And, oh, you did? Yeah, and then uh, we skipped the next weekend. We didn't go anywhere. And then I was leading at Columbus and coming to the checkered off a of four. That hub broke, and mm. it was the right front hub from that <laughs> night. So I don't know if it was fatigue from the other manufacturer's hub, or I, I probably didn't help any anything there. But, yeah, it cost me. I was never so – I was kind of okay with it, but not, I was pretty mad because that cost me seven hundred dollars at Columbus, and uh -huh. we had it. We had it won, but I mean, it won you a race saver nationals championship, but it, it did do that. But it but, cost me too. It cost. It couldn't hold on for another. I, what I have a hard time getting goods? over them things that cost me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get some of those great sponsors taken care of that help you up and down the road. Yeah, my salesman's back for another year. Turney Enterprises, Drukey Trucking and Ranch, Zaz Farms, Jeffrey's Trucking, Angels Energy Service, Johnson Farms. TD Signs and Graphics, 402 Massage, Charles E. Sykes, Schaefer's Oil, J&J Auto Racing, Speedway Motors Racing Engines. Uh, I don't want to miss anybody. I'm out of my routine here. Yeah, but, uh, I got you in the off season. Yeah, we have a, we have a few new ones. Um, ESC, Ultimate Sports Solution. And uh, what is that? Ultimate Sports Solution? So Empire Fence. So, yep. um Matt Warner, Empire Fence, it, they're all his businesses. Um, they're part of the catalyst for the IMCA National Championship was uh, two of the major sponsors. That's what they wanted, and that's what they're paying for, so we do our best to deliver. So yeah. um, makes a big difference when, when everybody is unified in one goal to pursue something. So right. uh, we've managed to actually do it for a season that everybody's on the same page and that's what we're going for. My God. So, um, <laughs> hope, amazing. hopefully, hopefully, um, that just means we put in a good effort, but, uh, Kings auto supply, uh, American trailer company, Valco wheels, 
Valco wheels, <laughs> uh, my Aunt Jim Bell, Double Z Express, Gordon Electric, Forward Bike, and uh, that pretty much cover it. And if That's anybody else wants to jump on board and try yep. and win that 305 National Championship, we're going to race a lot for it. So, um, yeah, I would be more than happy to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be around like we'll pretty. My plan is to go to Denison and Eagle pretty much every night. Yeah, um, and then. I want to run the 410 at Houston as much as possible. The the big shows up there are going to conflict with the ultimate goal. So, um, but and the old trucking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple years, a couple years ago, a couple weekends, a couple years ago where I just got behind on truck maintenance and whatnot, and I just had to skip a night so I could take care of that stuff. So I'm not locked into going to Houston every week, but for sure, try and get up there as much as possible, and then hit any other 410 shows that are remotely close that we can fit in in between everything else in between the rainouts. yep how's brandy doing <laughs> good uh teaching third grade at ashton greenwood so we had to reschedule this because they made the state championship mm. basketball game how'd um, they do they ended up winning good but nice. uh we I, I was gone drukey trucking safety meeting i was in deadwood south dakota snowmobiling for the last three days <laughs> and when i come home uh, Wheeling had a fever, so I didn't get to go to the basketball game mm. yesterday either. So, oh. <laughs> so we ended up taking him, getting him, getting him some meds and stuff. He was a lot better this morning. I was hoping I could bring him, but we, he's still running kind of a low grade fever this morning. But he yeah. was seems to be going mo- around right now. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of people with the flu and fevers and yeah. He was definitely acting more like himself this morning, which I kind of was like, well, maybe I could bring him, show yeah. him all the cars and whatnot. But I thought, uh, I thought better of it. We better just. Make sure he's good, and hopefully he can go yeah. to daycare tomorrow. So is that C1 division then for basketball? Yep. They, yep. Would, they beat Auburn? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So one of my truck drivers uh, that drives for me, his little brother plays for Auburn. So mm. we had a good little rivalry going <laughs> last couple of days. So who's buying lunch? Well, Ashton Greenwood won, so <laughs> I, I, I guess. I don't know. Depends on what the – we didn't really bet, I guess. I just – when uh, when I seen him Friday night when I got home, I just said, go Blue Jays, and then left it at that. <laughs> so. I was texting him. We were watching the game on the on the way to Deadwood and on the way home. Yeah, so, you know, go Bulldogs. But how's so. the trucking company going? Good. You staying uh, busy. We're busy. We're Managed busy. To keep diesel in that thing. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps trickling in there. So, um, no, I uh, got Nick and Grant both driving for me. So, um, always looking to hire hire more truck drivers. I mean, if anybody's out there wants to drive truck, um, local, locally or regionally, we can. If you want to be gone five days a week, we can make you gone. Um, if you want to be home every <laughs> night, we can accommodate that too. So, uh, yeah, if anybody's interested, give me a call. Maybe even spin the hauler up and down the road once in a while? I don't pay for that, though. Uh, I don't make money when we go to the racetrack. That's, that's a <laughs> loss. That's a losing investment from yep. the moment it rolls out the driveway. So, yep. But you can sure come with us if you like. Maybe, Tyler. They, maybe they could eat at the track. Yeah, yeah. We always have food in the, in the, in the trailer. So, <laughs> absolutely. Tyler, it's been a pleasure. It's always good talking with you, bud. All right. Thanks for having me. Take care. That's good to do it for us for today's show. Uh, make sure to find uh, Drewkey Racing on Facebook, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Tyler will be out at a local track near you Friday nights at Denison, Saturday nights at Eagle. Probably. More we'll see what likely. happens. Yeah. Yep. Good luck on the national championship. All right. Thank you. That's good to do it for us for today. Make sure you head out to Quaker Steak and Lube Thursday nights for Classic Car Cruising. Tuesday nights for All You Can Eat Wings. Uh, if you're looking for financial advice, find out what Rick can do for you today, rickabridgeadvice.com. And if you're looking to turn a little, a couple of laps on an indoor karting track with uh, 
what, plus 35, 40 mile an hour carts? I mean, depending on the track, that, yeah, Drew Tyler says he could do 55, but depends on that's, how that's fat a you trade are. secret. It's <laughs> a trade <laughs> secret. Get over to Joe's Carding Accounts. Well, let's find out more today. Joe'sCarding.com, carding with a K. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Carding. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the Pubcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Taylor Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. 